This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. everybody. Thanks for listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. This episode, I am going to try to break down the veterinarian-client-patient relationship, what that is, why it's important, why it matters to me, and why it should matter to you. If you have questions about this, I'm, I'm doing this episode because I have gotten a couple of questions about a VCPR. Um, I think I was looking for one of them. Um, I think it came via um, Instagram and sometimes I'm bad at Instagram and I can't get it to do what I want. And now I can't find that, uh, (laughs) that question. Um, And I also got a more recent email asking about the VCPR and what that, what that is. Um, this episode, I'm probably going to go off on some tangents about like other species, uh, and the VCPR in general, um, in large animal and probably more particularly food animal practice. We talk about the VCPR as a specific thing, uh, but whether you know it or not, you, if you have animals and you have a regular vet that they go to, you probably have a VCPR. We just like in the clinic, when I see dogs and cats, we don't really talk about it in the same formal way as we do with food animal species. Um, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit too. Uh, you should, if you have questions about this, you should absolutely ask your primary vet. Uh, I think, uh, in general, like that this is something that like we're probably kind of bad about explaining as a profession as veterinarians um and i've i've been on both sides of the fence like i've been a a client and i've uh been a vet and i like you know i I I have I've seen both sides of the story. I'm not what like I call a lifer. So a lifer vet is someone who was like five years old and said when in kindergarten they were like career week or whatever, and the the teacher was like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And they said a vet. And then when they were in sixth grade and they were asked what they wanted to be when they grow up, they said a vet. And I'm not one of those people. I. Um, I didn't want to be a vet until I was already doing something else. Um, so I had pets and they saw a veterinarian or the veterinarian came to the house to see my horse or my goats. And, um, yeah. So like, I've been on both sides. I've been on the client side. I've been on the vet side of a VCPR and like, yeah, well, I don't need to go further in that. Um, but I guess the thing about me saying that is like, 
vets in general are not trying to be a pain when we want to have a VCPR or when you are, when we are legally required to have a VCPR. Um, and, uh, it's, it's important and it's like, it helps me help you. (laughs) And I think I've said in another episode, like, I would like to not be viewed as a person who's trying to be a pain about treating your animal, but rather a partner in your animal's health, whether it's your dog or your cat or your cow or your goat or whatever it is that I happen to be seeing. So, um, if you have questions about this, feel free to reach out goat.cara at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram is goat underscore doc. The website is goatdoc.com, and you can click on the contact tab on that website. If you like to send me a message, uh, this podcast is provided with the intent to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice or veterinary care provided by your local vet. And hopefully this episode will explain why and how I strongly urge you to maintain, establish and maintain a current and valid VCPR with your local vet. So what is the veterinary and client patient relationship? Uh, kind of the, the AVMA, which is the American veterinary medical, uh, association. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not an AVMA member, so I, uh, had to look at their little insignia there, uh, is probably the easiest place to find the definition of the VCPR. The AVMA is like the, the body that like advocates for vets on a governmental level supposedly, but I won't get into like the, how, how good a job I think they do at that right now. Um, but so they, on their website, there, there's some stuff and I'll post links in the show notes about like what the definition of a VCPR is, um, and some other stuff. So I'll kind of read off of this and kind of break it down a little bit. The veterinary and client patient relationship is the basis for interaction among veterinarians, their clients and their patients, and is critical to the health of your animal. Uh, VCPR means that all of the following are required. Number one, the veterinarian has assumed the responsibility for making clinical judgments regarding the health of the patient and the client has agreed to follow the veterinarian's instructions. So that's a two-parter. One of the things that probably as we go through this and as I was kind of skimming over the definitions and all the legal stuff about a VCPR, um, that may strike you is that this is like, this is a, it's a relationship there and it has a not insignificant amount of trust necessary on both sides of the relationship. So even in this first part of the definition that says the veterinarian has assumed the responsibility for making clinical judgments regarding the health of the patient. So, and as I go through this, you'll see that this is kind of a lot on the vet. Uh, a lot, this is defining a, like our, our, this depends a lot on our professional clinical medical judgment. Um, 
if I am seeing and treating your pet, I have assumed the responsibility for making clinical judgments regarding the health of the patient. I have to, I have to have enough information, um, and to feel like I can be responsible for the health of that patient. Um, in general, for me, that means I would like to have examined that patient. Um, in small animal medicine, that absolutely means I have physically examined that patient, um, laid hands on it, listened to its heart, listened to its lungs, looked it all over, discussed its life with you um, in detail. In my large animal and herd patients. Like when I have a a client that has a 600 goat facility, I am not going to individually examine every single one of those animals. Um, so, but I am familiar with the facility. I'm familiar with the caretakers of the animals. I'm familiar with their procedures for animal health and what they do when there's problems and all of these things. I'm also there on a minimum of a monthly basis. So when issues come up for individual animals, I can see them. Um, I've, I've taken that responsibility on myself and like, I guess responsibility is kind of a subjective thing and that means different things for different people. But, um, like I, I think most of us as vets, um, we care a lot about our patients. My, my responsibility in care and treatment is to my patient. Um, and I'm just like Googling the the, when we all graduate, we take the veterinarian's oath. As a member of the veterinary medical profession, I solemnly swear that I will use my scientific knowledge and skills for the benefit of society. I will strive to pr- promote animal health and welfare, relieve animal suffering, and protect the health of the public and environment, and advance comparative medical knowledge. Like, that's that's what we promise to do. I promise to take care of my patients when I was given my diploma and got my DVM. Uh, There's some people out there that probably don't think too highly about like what kind of responsibility that is. But to me, like I, I care about my patients. So taking on that responsibility is something that I take seriously. Uh, so the second part of number one on the VCPR is that the client has agreed to follow the veterinarian's instructions. So while I have agreed to take on the responsibility of making recommendations and making diagnoses and all of these things for your patient, you also have to agree as the owner of that animal to do what I say. Um, that that <laughs> that tends to um get into some gray areas um in because you know animals in the United States and I think probably most countries in the world are considered property so I can't force you to do something with your animals um I cannot you know I can't force you to follow 
my recommendations, but I can make them and then you can decide what to do with them. Um, if I make them and then there's a problem down the road that is, could have been avoided based on my recommendations, that's kind of a bummer. Um, I don't make recommendations just for funsies, um, cause I feel like it. I make recommendations because I think it will benefit your animal in some way, whether it is helping that animal with a problem in the like moment right now, or whether it may prevent an issue in the future. Number two, the veterinarian has sufficient knowledge of the patient to initiate at least a general or preliminary diagnosis of the medical condition of the patient. This means that the veterinarian is personally acquainted with the keeping and care of the patient by virtue of a timely examination of the patient by the veterinarian or medically appropriate and timely visits by the veterinarian to the operation where the patient is managed. I can't diagnose your animal over the phone. I can't diagnose your animal over the email. Um, Even if I am very convinced, like, of something by remote, you know, like it sounds like X. Um, I cannot legally diagnose that without seeing the patient. Um, I like, if I've never been to your place, if I've never seen your animals, um, I am not, legally like the legally and ethically I do not feel comfortable trying to guide treatment or diagnosis now the latter part of this statement medically appropriate and timely visits to the operation where the patient is managed so this goes back to like the 600 goat facility that I work for and I'm there monthly and if they have an issue in the in the time between my monthly visits I'm very happy to um try to remotely troubleshoot with them because I was just there last week or whatever. Um, and I have some clients with, you know, larger numbers of animals where same deal. I was just there last week. I, you know, sometimes most of the time, you know, like I think people don't realize that when I'm looking at a patient or when I'm doing a farm call, like I'm seeing a dog in the exam room, I start assessing that dog the second I open the door. Um, I start assessing that goat, that herd of goats, that group of animals, the second my truck pulls in your driveway. Um, Like all of the things having to do with care of animals are things that I'm aware of. Um, Like, and it's, I, I, I don't necessarily talk about it. Um, you may not notice that I'm doing it, but I very much am doing it all the time. Um, and it's kind of a, sometimes it's kind of ridiculous because like it impedes on (laughs) my, um, I don't want to say my enjoyment of life, but like I'm walking down the street and I see a dog and it's a pit bull and it's limping on its hind limb. And I'm like, oh, that dog needs a cruciate ligament surgery. Like <laughs> it, it definitely, um, you know, and that's probably because I'm like a vet med junkie too. It's, uh, it's part of what my brain is trained to do. Um, so yeah, I, I, and different vets feel differently about this. Um, 
you may, your vet may or may not be comfortable saying like, oh, sure, uh, this sounds like this. Go ahead and try this. And then we will reevaluate, see what happens. And I'll come down if I need to. I personally absolutely will tell you I need to see that problem in person before I can get you through it or help or refer you somewhere that can help or whatever needs to happen. Um, so yeah. Number three, the veterinarian is readily available for a follow-up evaluation or has ranged for the following emergency coverage and continuing care and treatment. Yep. Uh, I, I, I really value follow-up in my patients. Um, if something isn't going right or if something isn't improving, like I want to know sooner than later because that's going to hopefully get us to a better outcome. Uh, veterinarian provides oversight of treatment compliance and outcome kind of the same kind of thing there. Um, and patient records are maintained. I maintain patient records. So that's the definition of a, a VCPR means that all of the following are required. Um, some, so there are some, Uh, some farms and some like, uh, farm animal livestock organizations that, uh, have a formal written VCPR that is signed every year by the owner of the animals and, uh, by the veterinarian. A good example of one of these types of organization certification type things is the National Dairy Farm uh, Program. Farm is in capital letters, F-A-R-M, Farmers Assuring Responsible Management. And part of the standards of being in that program is that you have to maintain a VCPR with your vet. And from a business perspective, um, that's like kind of important for for your business, you can say that you follow these standards, you belong to this organization, etc. For most of my goat patients that I see, and actually a lot of my small animal patients too, um, I think that people don't even realize that they have a, a VCPR with me. Um, the, it's definitely not something we talk about formally in the small animal setting. Uh, this, the listener email that, uh, that kind of was one of them that I mentioned prompting this episode, uh, that they haven't searched for a vet yet and their current vet only focuses on pets. What is involved in the relationship? So I talked about the definition of that, but then they said, we take our pets in for yearly immunizations, but that's it. So, it's fun. And this, this is the thing that kind of bums me out. And I think that as vets, we, we do a bad job explaining this and it's not on the clients to understand this because why would you, unless we told you, we take our pets in for yearly immunizations and per, like, so preventative care, annual physical exam, vaccinations, whatever other preventative care is appropriate for your geographic location. But this, this email says, but that's it. 
that that's so that's not it though like that's if you have a relationship like with your dog with a local vet like for example when i'm in the clinic and i see a dog for an annual physical exam we talk about how that dog is doing at home if there are any concerns, what their normal life is like, what they're eating, are they on any medications? It's similar to seeing your primary care physician for your annual physical. And that maintains your VCPR for your dog and you with that vet. So your typical, like, like local town vet that sees your dog it's not there most of the time they're not just like saying hey how's it going here's a rabies vaccine later i that i mean probably some people are but that is certainly not how i practice because i am there to help you with your animal so you have a vcpr and you don't even know it now if you take your vet to like the local rabies clinic at the fire station it seems like rabies Clinics are at fire stations all the time in my area of the country. Um, so if you take your dog to the local rabies clinic at like once a year and then once every three years, only as needed, as minimally required by the law, and there's going to be a different vet there every year, that's a whole, that's a different thing. Like that vet isn't spending time talking with you and like examining your pet thoroughly uh, as someone who has been the vet at vaccine clinics before, like my job there, because I will see upwards of 150 animals in a day to vaccinate them is my job is to assess whether they are healthy enough to receive vaccines. And that's like all I can do, which is an important part about public health and herd health and all of these things. I'm not here to debate the merits of a vaccine clinic versus like a annual physical exam with your with your primary vet, but I have likened it to like when people bring their puppies into a vaccine clinic, like would you take your infant children infant child to Walgreens for shots? Because that's kind of the same thing. Or would you establish a relationship with a pediatrician who is going to guide you through the process of raising that small human? Same same deal. Uh, so it, it is not necessarily like really more involved for, and the, uh, sorry, I'm going to stay on the small animal thing for one more second. People get all crazy about like, I go to the vet and it costs me $50 just to walk in the door for, for your annual exam. And you're like, my pet is healthy. There's no problems. Just give it a rabies shot. And I'm on my way. I'm legally and ethically not going to just give your animal a rabies vaccine or whatever without some kind of minimal physical exam to assess the health of your animal and make sure it is healthy to receive services. But also, like like I said earlier, I'm evaluating that patient the moment I set foot on the property, the moment I set foot in the door of the exam room, like it's 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 happening. So, uh, for, for there to be maintaining that VCPR and sometimes depending on this can vary from clinic to clinic, how this is handled. Something like an annual wellness exam is fairly typical for, for patients. 
um, to maintain that VCPR where you can talk about general health and preventative care, which is different from like emergencies and problems. Now, so it's not that different for goats. Like for me, for most, most of my clients do not have huge groups of animals. I, I have a few clients with large groups of animals for whatever reason. And those are more on like a herd health basis. Um, most of my animal, most of my goat patients are family producers or lots of them are pets. So the, the big difference between, uh, seeing a dog and seeing a goat for me is that I go to the goat and the dog comes to me. That's generally, (laughs) generally the biggest difference. Um, so, but then the difference for, for you and the goat as the client and the patient, after we have established that relationship and are maintaining that relationship, the difference is that once I have seen you, I am able to use my clinical judgment to guide you through questions and, and like this applies to dogs and cats too, guys. Like if you have a question about your goat or your dog and you call me up, either a goat, you call me up and the the dog, you call the clinic. If we've never seen your goat or dog before, that's, that's kind of the end of the conversation. The conversation is going to end with, you need to schedule an appointment. If I just saw you last week or last month or three months ago and something you're not sure about something, I'm there to help you answer that question. And if I can't answer that question without a visit, either the animal coming into the clinic or me going to the animal, I will tell you that. And if I need to see the animal, it's not because like I'm trying to be a pain. It's because I need to see the animal to evaluate the animal. Uh, I, I've got plenty of animals to see that keep me busy all the time. I'm not trying to just look for stuff to do. Believe me. <laughs> um, so that is, a, that is an advantage of having a VCPR is if you have questions or you have concerns, you have someone you can call. A vaccine clinic, you went to the fire station and got your rabies vaccine. You're not going to call the fire station when your dog has diarrhea for three days. Uh, the biggest problem that I see with, with particularly with livestock um, patients is that pe- there's, no, there's not a problem until there is a problem. And then it's 9.30 o'clock, 9.30 o'clock, 9.30 p.m. on a Sunday night. And that's less than ideal because I like to have a life too. Like maybe eat dinner with my husband once in a while. Um, Yeah. So what happens when a VCPR like part of, part of, the VCPR is like, sometimes the VCPR will end or change. Now, sometimes like it's very particular where like I saw your goat once two years ago and I never heard from you again. We do not have a current VCPR. I, I, my ability to help you is very limited. The other thing that's interesting about the time passing thing is that like, 
goats have kids. I never saw the kids. I don't know what might be going on with them. Does that kid have a heart murmur? Does that kid have some kind of congenital abnormality that I did not see until it was eight months old when there was a problem? And then I have to see it because how else would I evaluate it? Some some of these things need to be evaluated by a vet. I don't expect... I don't expect Devin to know what a heart murmur sounds like. And he's a pretty like goat and vet med literate individual. Um, so these are, these are things that like we as medical professionals are trained to do. So that is one instance where like we wouldn't have a current VCPR. The other things that can terminate a VCPR or are just that like, you as the client decide that I'm not your vet anymore or whoever your vet is, isn't your vet anymore. You certainly, you as the client have the ability to determine that as, as you desire, you move, you don't like that receptionist, what you think I look funny, whatever the reason is you can go get another vet. Yay, America. (laughs) Um, I, as the vet, in order to terminate a VCPR, like I need to have a communication with you. If there, if I have a reason to terminate a VCPR, then I notify the client. Um, and I have an obligation to provide ongoing care for a current problem until care is transferred to another vet or, um, until that problem has resolved. Uh, I have an obligation as a vet to provide emergency care with a current VCPR or, um, at least to the best of my ability, uh, the, the reality of large animal ambulatory practice in a rural area is that I cannot drop whatever I'm doing at a moment's notice and go to an emergency. Unfortunately, um, if I'm in the clinic and if I'm in surgery, I cannot stop doing what I'm doing to immediately attend your your emergency. If I, I cover a driving radius that is probably takes us definitely takes a solid two hours to get from one side to the other. Even if I could drop what I was doing and leave immediately, it's two hours before I can get there. So these are all things to be aware of as a client, um, in, especially in a rural area and owning large animals talk to the vet that you work with and see what they say. Um, I think the other, the message that I was looking for before that I couldn't find had also like asked about what I like, what as a client, what should you, what kind of questions should you ask your vet or a vet when you're looking to establish a VCPR? Like ask them about their availability, ask them about coverage. You certainly ask about money. Like I don't have a problem talking about that with people. Like it's not a secret that things cost money and, um, you know, ask about those things, communicate about it. It doesn't have to be a big like secret thing and it it is what it is. Um, the... Yeah. To ask about like for goats in particular, like ask around, try to find someone that likes working with goats. Try to find someone that is comfortable working with goats. Sometimes you're depending where you are location wise, like you're in a bind and you've got like maybe a horse vet or a cow vet that'll come see your goats too. 
And that's fine. Like, you know, you gotta, the, I think the, the important thing about, about that is like, uh, uh, someone who has a willingness to help. Um, having said that, um, the other thing from a vet perspective that can drive you crazy is that goat people tend to be a little bit, um, sometimes impolite about veterinarians in general, because they like to say things like vets don't know anything about goats. Um, vets may like, maybe that vet sees primarily horses. Maybe that vet sees primarily cows. Goats are not horses and goats are not cows, but you're looking for medical professional assistance and that person is willing to help you. So like, be nice about it. Um, that with we as vets have lots of resources to communicate with one another. And when like when I get a weird case, you better believe I'm posting on like vet groups and asking for opinions and asking other people I know and texting my friends who are vets and like getting that like we have so many methods of communication that can help us help our patients that uh just because like I don't know what that thing is right that instant doesn't mean I can't find out. So someone who has a willingness to uh, to work with you, to work with your goats, to learn about them and like try things. I mean, you know, try. <laughs> um, that's that's important, I think. So I think that kind of wraps that up. I'm just going back to this. Uh, yeah, I think I kind of answered those questions. Uh, if you have other questions about the VCPR or comments, or if you are surprised that you probably actually have one with your dog's vet and you didn't even know it, let me know. Um, website is goatdoc.com. You can find, if you have a minute and you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts, that is awesome. And come say hi on the Instagram, etc. I've got a kind of cool case going on right now that maybe I'll do a podcast episode about, but I will definitely post pictures of on Instagram. So come check it out and say hi. But that's going to do it for the moment. I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.